Welcome to Mouthing Off with Olivia. Hey guys, it's Olivia Caridi from The Bachelor, the girl with probably the biggest mouth you've ever seen. But now I'm using my huge mouth to talk really smart things with my favorite reality stars, influencers, YouTubers, you name it. They're going to mouth off too. Bam. This is Mouthing Off with Olivia. Okay, everyone. Summer House's Lindsay Hubbard, or as people say, Hub House, <laughs> is here. Hi. Hey. Has Hub House always been your nickname, or did that just come from the show? Or Okay, so it's the name of my PR firm. Right, yeah. I started my PR firm season one, and I called it Hub House as an ode to my grandparents. They used to have a bed and breakfast in North Carolina called Hubbard House. Wow. And so I wanted to sort of commemorate them and name my PR firm after their bed and breakfast. So that's where it came from. And then Carl basically was like, I am such a, you know, Lindsay supporter that he just only ever calls me hub house. And when he calls me Lindsay, I get nervous. (laughs) I had a feeling things were going to get a little rocky in this fling when you're calling him Carlito and he's calling you hub house. I'm like, oh, friends. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Did you, have you seen this whole season? Oh yeah. I watched it all. Yeah. Okay. And you've seen all the other seasons? Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think we both had high hopes, you know, that dating your best friend was what was supposed to happen. And then it really quickly unraveled like faster than anyone would have ever expected. We'll get to all of that. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, that's good. It's just the whole middle portion of this show is going to be about you and Carl. So we'll get there. Did you grow up in New York? No, I grew up in Florida. Okay. Got it. So I'm from just north of West Palm Beach. So then when did you move to New York? I graduated college um, in 2008 and sold everything and moved to New York three days later to, you know, be a publicist. And then I was here for a year. It was really cold. Mm -hmm. And I was like, let me go see what LA is all about. It's nice and sunny and warm there. So I moved to LA in 2009 and was there for three and a half years and then got shipped back to New York for work. I actually walked past you one time. Why didn't you say hi? Because I'm a dork. <laughs> it was on like 5th Ave and 14th-ish. Okay, so like Greenwich Village. Yeah. It's so funny. People are always like, do you get recognized? You know, and I was like, honestly, like when it comes to New York, we're so used to putting our heads down, like kind of like fighting the foot traffic. We're walking fast. We're on our phones. Right. We're like multitasking and like people aren't just like, typically just like looking up to see, oh, there's Lindsay. But yeah, people, and I feel like New York, people just don't really say things. I mean, it's not that they don't care. I think it's just like, they got other shit going on. They'll see you. They'll be like, oh, cool, whatever. And maybe say hi, but like, they don't want to talk. Yeah. Like I just walked past Lindsay. (laughs) Maybe take a photo of you from across the street. That's really creepy. But anyway, so yes, I did walk past you at one time. But anyway, we do have a lot of questions about your business before we get to the show. A lot of people just wanted to know how you started your business and whether it took off really fast or it was like a labor of love. Yeah. um, So I've actually been, I started a newsletter when the quarantine hit and I've been including a lot of this. Yeah. We have a lot of people who follow the newsletter. So. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, But as far as starting my company, it was kind of a mistake. Um, You know, I worked at a, a PR firm 
the the one from LA and then I got shipped back to run the New York office for that firm. And I had hit the ceiling of, you know, every client I was working on was a client I was bringing in every, like I was basically bringing in all of this money for my boss. When I was like, this is dumb. I could just have this myself. You know, she wouldn't give me the salary that I deserved. And I kind of, you know, shared that with her on multiple occasions. And, you know, just I wound up leaving in 2014, that agency and starting my own. And I actually started my first PR firm in 2014 with a client slash boyfriend of mine. Oh, after two years of running that PR firm with my ex-boyfriend, um, I, we were just moving in such different directions. It didn't make sense to be partners anymore. And I just sidestepped and started Hubhouse. Dang. So it's like, it was like a survival thing. Like I, I just, at that point, I'm not going to go back and work for an agency. No. I'm filming summer house. Like it was really my only option. It, I didn't have a choice and it was very hard. Like starting a business. I can't imagine. There's a lot that goes into it. That is so behind the scenes in my brain. I'm like, way more of a creative person. Mm -hmm. But here we are. <laughs> well, Lindsay Lewis said, who would be Lindsay's dream client? You know, being a publicist, I have to feel really passionate about a product or brand in order to pitch that to media. It's, it's essentially sales, you right. know, like I'm selling a product for media to write about. And I get really passionate about things I'm interested in. So anything like in regards to beauty or okay. fashion or, um, you know, consumer goods. I mean, the money is the national brands, you know, something maybe even global brands. So my dream client would probably be, you know, a really big brand, something that it's like hair or makeup. Uh, Gabriella Medeiros, who subscribed to your newsletter, has a couple more questions career wise. She says, does she feel like you have to start at entry level to be able to make it in PR? You got to get the basics down. You know, you can't, you can't, you have to really, yeah, you have to know what you can't just like, you know, start as a publicist without knowing what a publicist does or is, you know, you have to go through that training. And like, I worked my ass off for so long, you know, to, to be able to start a company, you know, like I had to put in a strong eight, seven or eight years of like hustling, you know, not sleeping entertaining people and like being a creative writer to to get to the point of being able to start my own company. And then she said, what skills does she feel are the most important to be a good publicist? Yeah, it's, it's changed over the years. PR as an industry has changed. It's more focused on social media. Um, and back when I started 12 years ago, we had to be really strong writers, really creative writers. And have a full understanding of like correct grammar and what, you know, what the trends are going on so that you could pull in relevancy of the trends that are happening in, in the world with your client and pitch that to a media outlet. Like now traditional media is less important than like social media. Yeah. You know, it's like now I don't have to be as strong of a writer, but that's what I miss the most about being a publicist. Like I loved sitting down and like challenging myself to like get the New York times to write something. Now it's like, 
you know, hey, Olivia, can I send you this? And you post it on your Instagram. Yeah, literally, that's-, that's all I have to do now. So the skill sets have really changed. Let's let's get to how Summer House happened. What What's your story of of like your first season of Summer House? And what did you think it was going to look like? <laughs> Our group of friends, like it's it's crazy, but we run very deep as a group of friends. So Kyle and I have been in the same circle of friends for a very long time. And I actually met him at his summer house um, Memorial Day weekend. And like when I was, I went with Christina Gibson season one. Yep. So one of Kyle's friends, I think, found out that they were creating this show about share houses and the Hamptons. And Kyle's been running share houses for years and years. So they thought it was really funny, forwarded the email to Kyle said, go to this like open audition or whatever. Kyle went, looked around the room, realized everyone was like, you know, 21, never been to the Hamptons. No one knew each other. (laughs) And like, he was like, no, 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 no. This is not what the Hamptons is about. If you're going to make a show about share houses in the Hamptons, let me explain it to you. So he goes up to the casting director and says, I need to talk to the creators of the show and then explains to them share houses are built upon a group of friends that know each other. And so he goes, look, we're my entire group of friends, all 150 of us are going to be at this one party. Why don't you come to the party? And from there, they came to the party and just started interviewing different people of our group of friends. And here we are. (laughs) It like really started because of Kyle. But, you know, ultimately, it started as a genuine, you know, authentic group of friends. And now it's kind of if you look at how the show has evolved, they're bringing in people that you know, y'all are just meeting, at least on the show. But as far as work and taping, right? So the concept of the show is you're, you go into the city, you're working the whole week, and then you go to the Hamptons, which is really how it happens. Yeah. But do you guys, at least people who don't work for themselves, does everyone have to like amass vacation time and for work? Or does, or is work usually pretty understanding about filming? Yeah, I mean, for those who do have more traditional nine to fives and don't work for themselves, I would imagine that they, if they wanted to take off a full Friday, they would have to, you know, take a vacation day. Luckily, in New York, uh, when we're not in quarantine, we have summer Summer Friday. So most people get off at 1pm from work, and then we jump in the cars and go. So That's good. But if we decided we wanted to stay out there on a Sunday night and, you know, just lay by the pool on a Monday. Yeah, that's something that they're going to have to take that as a vacation day. Okay, so so someone wanted to know who in the house you had known for the longest, which is that Kyle? Kyle. Okay. I met Kyle Memorial Day weekend 2014. Wow, that's crazy. Um, And uh, in his house. Well, season one, you're in a relationship with Everett, um, which obviously has since ended. But are you friendly with him or? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, you know, we, (laughs) we had a lot of ups and downs in our relationship on and off the show. And, you know, towards the end, I want to say, you know, season three, is sort of where we just really broke things off. I was filming the show. He wasn't. We still had like kind of feelings for each other, but 
um, then we just decided to completely end it for good. And it took from that point, it took a while. I'm not going to lie. Like it took a solid year for us to be okay with each other mm-hmm. without really speaking to each other. You know, we, we, I didn't even see, I think I saw him like twice in that, you know, whole last year. So somehow we, you know, everyone's feelings, you know, subsided. And then, you know, we're, we're meeting up at, at group outings and birthdays and stuff. And we just became friends again. And, and, you know, he came out as you guys saw to our Labor Day party on the finale. And I really enjoy my friendship with, with Everett now because, and his girlfriend. Yeah. Like, I really enjoy hanging out with them. We, we talk probably once a week at this point, we're on a big group tax, me and Everett and his girlfriend and Carl, like we're, you know, they're really, really supportive of us and checking in on us, you know, based on the show. And, and it's really nice. The cars that you're driving to the Hamptons, are those your cars? Carl and I had rented a Lexus for the summer. There were a lot of black, like suburban looking cars that I'm like, yeah. So they, they rent, I think they, you know, they rent those. Those are more production. Yeah. I just got to a point where it's like, okay, this is my fourth season. Like I need my own car. If I want to go get coffee in the morning on a Sunday, I don't want to have to wait for production to show up with the suburban to go get coffee. Like I want my own independence a little. Here's a, here's a question I really liked. Well, first of all, do you ever worry about your belongings or damage to the house during those huge parties? And do you ever find people having sex in your beds? (laughs) Well, Paige and Hannah saw that one couple during our 4th of July party, whatever they were doing in their bed. I, 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 my room is upstairs, so it's harder for people to come upstairs to do that. It's easier for them to go to the downstairs bedroom. Um, I am always worried about my belongings during parties. And there's every summer I wind up losing something or another and no one knows where it's at. And it's always, and I'm sure it's not just me. I think my housemates also wind up missing things throughout the summer. (laughs) Who knows why? Let's talk about the the most recent season. Here's my thought. I didn't know, had you always been super close with Carl or was this just like a season four thing? Okay. So Carl and I met at the beginning of season one filming. That's how I met him. And obviously, you know, when you go through things, like you just get closer as the years go by. And at that point, Kyle and Amanda have each other to lean on. So Carl and I sort of gravitated towards each other as like the person that we do things with. We show up to events together. We right. lean on each other for things. You know, we, we, we talk about show related stuff and, and eventually that became non-show related stuff. And so we got closer and closer and closer as the years have been going on. And then you know, then this, this past spring, we both wound up single at the same time. And we were like, well, we're so close. We talk all the time. We lean on each other. We're there for each other. Like, you know, should we just take it to the next level? And everyone's made the joke that you guys finger banged. And then, (laughs) you know, it's like, people are like, stop saying that. Okay. But the problem is, is how do you say it then? I can't say we hooked up. And who knows what hooked up means anymore? It could mean sex. It could mean a kiss. Who knows? Yeah. Right. Like I, it was a very specific thing. That was a finger bang. (laughs) Let's just call a spade a spade. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I'm assuming w- when you went into season four, I'm sure you thought, okay, this is at least going to be a storyline. You weren't necessarily shocked when everyone started talking about it, right? Well, I also know the nature of, you know, everyone in the house and how they like to talk about things. Yeah. So I wasn't, I, you know, when Carl had that conversation with me, like, Hey, the whole house knows I, I genuinely didn't know like that. That's what they were talking about for the first two days straight. Um, but I was like, Carl, you told Kyle, obviously Kyle's going to tell Amanda, his fiance, Amanda's going to go tell Paige and Hannah, like, you not think this through of course they all know of course they're talking about it like but we're also we're all adults like who cares and as all this is happening you also have two new people you have Jules and Luke what were your first impressions of them obviously my first impression of Luke is that he's hot there's (laughs) no way around that you just look at him like whoa he is cute yeah and Jules we had met her like very briefly through Jordan like a couple of weeks before filming. Okay. So, you know, she, she, my first impression of Jules was that she was younger, you know, and, and that came across like she, she has this sort of nervous tick where she laughs um, <laughs> at everything, even like very serious things. And you're like, wait, are you, huh? You know, like <laughs> it confuses you. So, you know, I didn't really know what to make of Jules at first, but with Luke, he kind of came across as a little bit more quiet um, you know, reserved and, and, you know, the whole idea of talking about things that are going on in his life, but at least he was super hot. The you and Carl first start kind of coupling. And it's so funny. Cause you're telling each other, you love each other. I love you. I love you. And I'm like, ah, which might've muddied the friend and romantic waters. But then he finally says, let's go on a date. And first of all, did you like the rooftop date or were you hoping to go to a restaurant? No, I loved it because Carl knows me better than anyone. And he knows I love my rooftop and he wanted it to be something unique. Of course, I expected to go to somewhere somewhere, to a restaurant, whatever. So he was like, how can I surprise Lindsay? You know, and and he took me to my favorite place, which is my roof. roof. It was really sweet. Yeah, did a great job with that. And like, thank God we were on my roof. Because could you imagine that going down at a restaurant? No, you standing up. and Well, so he says he's afraid of commitment from, you know, things going on in his life. You basically get in a heated fight on your first date. I mean, in hindsight, because what ended up frustrating you was that like you weren't on the same page as far as like where you wanted to be in a relationship. Could that have been like the, oh, I shouldn't go for this. Like we're not on the same page about any of this. Yeah, you know, there's so many things about that date that went wrong. I mean, for starters, like why I had nips of fireball in my purse, I really don't know. I just felt like bringing fireball along to my date with me. And that turned out to be a bad move because I think it really hyped both of us up. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, going into, I wanted to keep it light because you're sitting here going on a date with your best friend. I know everything about Carl. I know his relationship history. I know his family history. I know any trauma or things that he's been through and and vice versa. He knows all those things about me. So I was like, what are, I spent all day trying to figure out like, what are things I can talk to Carl about (laughs) that are like super light and like fun and, and happy. 
And then somehow it gets into this like really deep conversation. Yes. And he's like, I have commitment issues. And I'm like, well, why are we, why are we here then? Like, what is going on? But you knew that, didn't you? Like considering you knew his relationship history. You know, Yeah, I did. But then there's <laughs> something that happens when you are like, yeah, but like, maybe he's going to change this time. You know, Carl's a big charmer. He is. Yeah. He makes you feel so good and so special and so loved and, and all of the good things that you just sort of forget his past commitment issues. And you're like, okay, maybe he's ready now to settle down with me. He's been going through all this to end up with me and I, it's the right time. But right. clearly, as you find out, once you get into the house, that it's not really the right time. Everyone was like, they're really coupley right out the gate, really fast. I mean, ultimately, what happened? It seemed like you wanted the relationship to move forward and he got a little bit scared off, but he admits he did things wrong. So did he like lead you to think a certain way? Yeah, I mean, oh gosh, it it's so complicated when you're going through this with your best friend. It's not, your every your whole brain is like, a scrambled egg mess. You're just like, I don't know what to think. It took me a couple of weeks to even wrap my head around the idea of being romantic with him, which is why I wasn't just making out with him. Right. You know, right out of the gate. Um, and then once, once I started coming around to this idea, I was like, okay, like the only way to really see if this could work is by giving it a 100%. And so then I decided to give it 100%. And then he was like, Oh, no, 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 I'm not ready for a relationship. And at that point, I'm saying, Well, I'm not, I'm not ready for a non relationship. Well, it's like, I'm not gonna mess up my friendship with you. Like just to have fun with you this summer. Yeah. You know, I can go have fun with another guy and still maintain our friendship. And like, let's just you know, we, we didn't create boundaries is where we went wrong. I think we were both trying to be chill and relax about it, but I was scared to death that things were going to really get messed up and I didn't want our friendship to be affected. He then, you know, decided he didn't want to be in a relationship because he wanted to fuck around with other girls and like, you can't do that. Can't have both. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's like, no problem. Go fuck around with other girls. But like, then don't tell me you want to give this a shot. Well, it was really hard, honestly, watching the, the breakup and, and watching him in clips without you talking about how he wanted to break up with you, but he was a pussy and whatever. But then you're in the car driving to the Hamptons together and you're saying we were together every day this week. Like, seems kind of mixed signally right. to me. Yeah, exactly. that's exactly what happened is is you know, I was like, Carl, you're giving me such mixed signals. I don't know what to make of this. And this is not, it's, it's spinning me in so many circles. I don't know how to react to you, you know, on, you know, yeah. On one side, you're like, I want to, I want to give this a shot with Hubhouse. And then on the other side, you're telling Kyle that you need to break up with me. And then you're like asking the berries instructor <laughs> out in front of me. I'm like, what? That was not cool. <laughs> I was like, are you like, like, are you okay? Does that frustrate you that, you know, you went through all of this and it was, it was, it was kind of stressful, it seems. And then all these people are saying, well, oh, this, this whole thing was fake. Yeah. I get really upset when people say that it was like a made up scripted storyline or whatever. Like, 
I can't fake tears. I'm not an actress. <laughs> I will never be an actress. I don't know how to be fake. And like, I wouldn't just go through all of that with my, with my best friend, Carl to like, you know, just for, for TV. Like yeah. I don't, I am myself on or off TV. There is no changing, no difference between who I am. And like, I just, yeah, it bums me out when people say that. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Cause I, I cried and that was <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I'm an actress now. <laughs> Well, the other big, I don't know, quote unquote drama from this season was, well, Luke and Hannah, and then how their relationship affected the friendship between Hannah and Amanda and Paige and then you. But I like this question. Elise Caustic said, was there any more stuff that was going on that could explain Paige and Amanda having such strong reactions to the Hannah and Luke situation? A lot of people ask me this question. A lot of people. Um, I don't know. That's what's so crazy about it. And that's why I was so confused over summer is because it's like, Hannah, all she wanted all summer long was to hook up with Luke with like no strings attached. She just wanted to fuck him. She said that. Yeah. And then she finally got what she wanted and the girls were like livid. And I was so confused. I was like, why are they so mad? Like Hannah just got what she wanted. First of all, props to Luke for his endurance to go down on her for two hours. <laughs> yeah. Like that is wild. No guy's ever done that to no, me. No, I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah. And then Hannah uh. didn't do anything. She got what she wanted. Why are they so mad? Um, but I think, you know, looking back and from what I have heard now that the season has come to an end, I think Hannah was maybe saying one thing to the girls, but then saying another to Luke. And then she was saying one thing to me, but then saying another to the girls. And I think, you know, as she admitted on the reunion, you know, sometimes she hates confrontation so much that she, you know, it winds up her playing like different sides and of the same fight. And like, you know, I think it was just a really big miscommunication all around as to why the girls were upset with the whole Hannah and Luke thing. What the hell's going on with them right now, by the way? Do you know? They're not a couple. They haven't. She didn't go to Minnesota with him. Um, I mean, they're still friends, uh, but I, you know, they. They're doing social media well, at least. At least Hannah is kind of yeah. baiting us with photos of him. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm the one who took every single photo of her. <laughs> I'm like, you're welcome. Then it got into a situation where it's like, you know, you kind of got involved with this whole issue between Hannah and Amanda and Paige. And then it, it turned into like, a, I mean, a ton of drama that I probably you didn't see yourself getting into that kind of bubbled over at the roast, I would say. Yeah. I think it was who uh, Am- Amanda and Paige called you fake and two faced and yeah. Was that roast as awkward as I thought it was? It was even more awkward. You didn't even see the whole roast. It was so awkward. Why did that even happen? I was just like, the roast? Who knows? Like, that is just, if you really want things to, like, boil over, the do it. Just, let's just call it a roast. <laughs> it was awkward. Yeah, I don't know. I was, I, first of all, anyone who knows me, even even viewers who don't know me personally, Everybody who's seen the show and watched it for four seasons long knows I am not fake. Yeah. And I'm also not two-faced. You know, two-faced would really insinuate that somebody is saying one thing to your face and then saying another behind your back. 
I just don't talk behind people's backs ever. <laughs> so I was like, well, that's interesting. Like, this is real rich. You're telling me I'm two-faced. And then for Paige to say I have a fake personality, I was like, huh? Like, that this doesn't even make sense. Like, I don't even know how to fake a personality. So yeah, it made me like really sad that that was all going down. And and I think there was a, a big game of telephone with the whole Hannah stuff. And like, you know, so I can see if if Jules is going back to Paige and saying, yeah, Lindsay called you a, a bad friend, you know, even though that's nowhere close to what I said, obviously Paige got really upset and was like, oh, so she can say that behind my back. And I'm like, what? I, I didn't, huh? Yeah. I don't know. That whole thing is so confusing. Well, where are you guys at right now? You know, unfortunately, we, none of us have see, seen each other because of the quarantine. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, we still text. We all still text with each other, um, you know, and and watching the show back, you you relive yeah. feelings that you felt over summer, which is the hardest thing about being on a reality TV show is because we got through a bunch of these issues over summer, but then you're watching it and you're like heated all over again. And it's, it, it makes it difficult to move forward when you're like, I can't even get over what happened eight months ago. Cause I'm having to relive it again. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, for the most part, I think we're all like friends. I, I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm not friends with anyone. Okay. I talked to, I, you know, I've been talking to Amanda quite a bit the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, I talk to Luke all the time. I'll text with Jules every now and then, you know, Paige will just like respond to a DM or, you know, or like an, a story that I put up. Who knows? Maybe there's still something there. Yeah. Speaking of Jules, someone wanted to know what changed between Carl and Jules. It seems like he went from wanting her out of the house to being close friends in like a snap. What, what happened there? I, you know, it's so crazy because I wasn't there that weekend when he, yeah, he did that. Yeah. And I think he was just like, look, you know, you guys are like, Jordan's not even on the show. You guys are like having all of this drama. Jules is the new girl. Like, you know, what's, I think it had a lot to do with Jordan is him wanting to like, just get rid of both of you because this is too much for all of well, us. Well, it's kind of like, you know, you, you were gotten rid of once you didn't show, you weren't on this cast anymore. And then now you're back and trying to stir shit up. Yeah. And I think he then realized, okay, like I, you know, might've projected a little bit too much onto Jules when I just wanted Jordan out of the house, I, I think is, is maybe where, what happened. And then and then, you know, Carl, ha Carl's a softy. He's a big teddy bear. And he, you know, gives people second chances like any, you know, everyone's human. And, and I think once he was like, you know what, let me actually try to get to know Jules on a deeper level to see if I like her or not. And then I'll, and then I'll see if I want to kick her out. And I think once he realized he hasn't even tried to get her to know her on a, on a human level, and then he started to, and they got along. Rachel Hennessy. What happens when Lindsay gets activated? Oh, gosh. You guys have seen that for four years. There's always <laughs> Hurricane like... Hurricane Lindsay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's always like a point in time when I'm, I'm like drunk. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, fuck! You know, and I just like explode. Were you drunk in that moment? Were you trying to say something else? Or were you trying to say, don't activate me? No, I 
that was me. I, first of all, I've never used those words in my life. So <laughs> I don't know where it came from, to be honest, but I'm glad it did. Um, it was like, I think I had just woken up from a nap. We're all like having a nice time sitting around at dinner. Carl was like drinking way too much and saying really rude things. And I didn't want to explode. So it was like, don't activate me because, like, because I will fucking go nuts on you. And I don't want to right now. Cause I'm, I'm, I just woke up from a nap. Like don't activate me because I will go fucking nuts on you. Like housewives style and flip some tables and we, <laughs> nobody wants that. Then that'll definitely ruin the dinner. Oh, I love it. That's good. That's good. Well, I guess if we think about where we're at now, could you say that you and Carl are as close as you were before this whole dating situation? I actually think we got closer and I know that's wild because, you know, so many people have DM'd me and reached out to me like that they were in this exact same situation and people are asking me for advice about how to get back to that friend zone with that, you know, their friend that they took to, you know, the romantic level. Right. The thing is with Carl, we didn't, we didn't get too deep into the romantic stuff. I never had sex with him. We basically just made out for two weeks and it didn't last that long. We didn't get too deep to the point where we couldn't bounce back. And yes, it took a couple of weeks or maybe a month to, to sort of get back on the same page. And I think that was maybe around my birthday when he dressed up as me, I was like, okay, (laughs) we're back. You're my best friend again. (laughs) And I think Being able to say, look, I checked this box off of curiosity. I'm no longer curious about what it would like to date Carl. And, you know, we, if we could survive, you know, putting our friendship in that of a situation, then now we're just like even closer. As someone who knows Carl, not as well as you do, but. Do you see him ever having a committed girlfriend? What, what's it going to take for him to? I do. I really do see Carl having a committed girlfriend. Um, and I, I've always thought that I think that he does want marriage and he does want kids. And I, you know, spent a lot of time over summer, a lot of things you guys didn't see that were off like that week that he came over to my apartment every single day those conversations are like, Carl, what is your end goal in life? Like, how are you going to achieve that end goal? Because, you know, I know that you want these things. And I think that he's going to be an amazing husband and an amazing father, but you need to work on yourself right now. And where we stand in this moment, you know, and he talks about it on the reunion. Also, he is working on himself. Finally, he's not masking his emotions. He's actually feeling those emotions getting therapy and like, you know, being sober to like feel all the feels to work on himself. And I think he is taking those steps to, you know, eventually be in that committed relationship. I've always had a soft spot for Carl. And I'm always like, you could be like a really bomb boyfriend and husband, but you're just like, you're sabotaging yourself. (laughs) Right. This is all you. (laughs) Yeah. 100%. And yeah, I agree. I think he, I think, I mean, just being his friend, he is, has the biggest heart. He's so supportive. He's so encouraging. He is so loving. And I just know that whoever ends up with him is like really going to get a great guy out of it as long as he can 
go through the steps that he's going through now and taking care of himself first. Well, what we saw at kind of the end, the last three episodes of season four was your new boyfriend. Yeah. So we need to know all about Steven and all of Yes, Steven, I think I said it in one of my interviews. I was just like, where did this guy come from? It was like- Literally where? <laughs> like I start dating Carl and the universe is like, no, 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 no. no, no. This isn't right. <laughs> Don't do that. No, no. Let me let me help you out here. And then there's Steven. Um, I actually met Steven at the beginning of summer. My one of my best friends, uh, Yvonne, she works at Tao Group. Tao, they were throwing this big, you know, white party uh, at Tao downtown at the beginning of summer, two days before filming, actually. Wow. And I really didn't want to go. I was like, Yvonne, I'm not coming. And she called me probably like 17 times that day. Please come, please come. And I was like, no, I am filming in two days. I have a spray tan tonight. Like I need to get my head straight. Like Carl just fingered me <laughs> like four days ago. Like I need to figure out what is happening in my life before there are cameras in my face. And she <laughs> called me, called me, called me. And finally she's like, Lindsay, you're going to meet your husband tonight. And I was like, ah, fine. I will come. And that wasn't her thinking of Steven. It was just her sales pitch to get me to go to this party, to go to the party. And so I wound up going and I sit next to this guy. He has slick back hair. And I'm like, so how do you, how do you know Yvonne? He's like, Oh, I work with her. And I was like, Oh, cool. He's like, you know, I was like, well, what do you, what, so now that I know that you work for Tal Group, what do you like to do for fun? And he's like, oh, I, I play soccer. And I was like, oh, I grew up playing soccer. You know, obviously I'm, I mean, I did my whole entire life. I played soccer and this is, you know, when you first meet somebody, you're like finding things to talk about. Yeah. So here we are. He's like, he's so smooth. He was like, oh, well, you know, we're looking for girls to join our intramural soccer team. You should come join. And I was like, no, I am not joining your soccer team. Like <laughs> this poor guy has no idea. Like I'm going into filming and I have a busy summer, buddy. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not available for intramural soccer. <laughs> but if you want to kick a soccer ball around, I can do that. And so, you know, we wound up going out and kicking a soccer ball around. That was our first date. And, you know, when things, um, you know, I, even though I had met Steven, but then things were with Carl were progressing. I put Steven on the back burner. I wanted to see what was going to happen with Carl. And I also wanted to respect everybody involved. I didn't want, you know, yeah. so I didn't want there to be any crossover. Like, yeah, I'm going on dates with Carl. I'm going on dates with Steven. I Which is funny. Cause I feel like everyone in New York does that. Everyone does that, but <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to do that to Carl. So I was like, I put, I met Steven, put him on the back burner, things with Carl blow up. And then I was like, okay, let me give Steven a call. He was, he was, I liked my conversation with him. And then, so I started going out with him and I really enjoyed, you know, our conversation, our dates. He's a great kisser. <laughs> so do you think you met your husband that night or what? I mean, <laughs> you, you never know, but I think that there's a strong possibility that that's where this is going. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have a couple more questions about random old cast members, things like that. Someone wanted to know if you're still close with the twins. No. No. Okay. Bye. So you're not going to Lauren Workus's wedding, I'm assuming. No. <laughs> 
Okay. See you later. Danielle Alessi said, what does she think about the giggly squad? Um, you know, I think that Hannah and Paige are really good at what they do. And in regards to social media, I think it's smart of them, Mm -hmm. you know, to do this live Instagram, you know, show that they do every single night. So I I support them as long as they're not talking shit about me. I'm in full support. (laughs) Is there anyone from a previous season who who was, you know, dumped, if you will, that you would want to see come back? I love Jacqueline Schumann. She was on season one. Um, I'm still really close with her to this day. And same with Everett. I'm, you know, I would, I would be totally fine if Everett came back or Jacqueline. I mean, obviously everyone knows, like, as you said before, they were casting a lot of 21 year olds. You're, you're not 21. Yeah. In your dream, like, would you see yourself maybe getting along better with an quote unquote older cast or a more mature cast? You guys can probably see as viewers over the last, you know, couple of seasons, I, I tend to gravitate more towards Carl, Kyle and the older, older. Yeah. 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 Cause they're older. And like, we just have a different view on life when, when you're older, uh, you know, and, and gone through a couple more steps to, you know, get to the point that we're at now. And I don't mind like being in a house with younger girls, as long as they're not acting young. And like, I think that's what's hard is like, sometimes with girls, like you have to like experience different things in life to get to the point where like in my thirties, I'm now more confident, you know, than ever before. I have my footing on the ground. I know who I am and what I stand for. And I think in your twenties, you know, you're still developing those, those ideas and, and, you know, it can, it can come across as, you know, a little immature sometimes. Yeah. Cause I've seen, I feel like over the, the last, you know, couple seasons, it's like, there's always some sort of disagreement with the girls in the house with, with you. And I, I just wonder if that's because like your maturity level is oftentimes just a lot different than right. the younger girls. I would love, I mean, that's why Danielle and I get along so right. well. Danielle is closer to my age and, and we have similar viewpoints and especially when it comes to like drama, we're just like, what? Well, we talked about this a little bit before, but, um, and you said you don't really know, but as far as filming this summer, can you film summer house with social distancing? Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I think you could film summer house with social distancing. We just won't be going to the beaches or wouldn't, you know, go out to the restaurants, I think a lot of, we could film. I think just everything would have to be at the house. Uh, we don't know if it's happening. We don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. Olivia Paraski said, I love her boob job. Could you share your experiences with your surgeries? Was this always something you wanted to do? No, it's not. I, I haven't always wanted to, I've always been a small chested girl. I, I was athletic my whole life. Um, and played like every sport known to man. And unfortunately, when I was going through everything with Everett, that breakup, I had lost a lot of weight due to stress. And I completely lost my boobs uh. altogether. And then so when I started gaining weight back, my boobs just never came back. And I, I was like, okay, 
well, I would love to feel more feminine in this body of mine. So my weight always fluctuates. It goes up and down. So I would, I would love for my boobs to be consistent. I mean, you have an amazing body though. Like ridiculous. What do you do? I wish I could say, you know, I have a super strict diet or a super strict exercise, but I don't, I think I do have a high metabolism and when it comes down, like right around now, we're in this, like, we need to get in shape. It's getting warm outside. And I just start running more. I'm a runner. So I, I run maybe three to four times a week. And then when I'm not running, I'll do hit workouts, like high intensity workouts, which is like a good mix of cardio and weight training. And then as far as dieting, I just try to incorporate more leafy greens mm-hmm. um, and more protein. And that's really it. I don't, I don't restrict myself. I don't believe in juice cleanses. I don't, I don't, you know, starve myself. I just maybe like won't go for that second portion <laughs> of the mashed potatoes. <laughs> stick with the one portion. Yeah. Uh, two more questions. I like this one. Brooke Lehman, what advice would she give her younger self in regards to love and relationships? What I've always loved about myself is that I dive in head first into the deep end in regards to love. And I would, I would never take that back. I never want to restrict myself or feel jaded or, you know, not put my authentic self out there because you know, I I don't know. I think that people should try that more often Mm -hmm. is like being vulnerable. And yes, you're, you're going to get hurt along the way. I've gotten hurt so many times, but at at least I know I'm, I'm giving my, my everything of my heart to somebody. And if they're the ones who decide not to appreciate that, then they don't need to be in my life. Amen. I wouldn't change it as that's the advice I would continue giving people. Well, just like, yeah, I mean, I think that was mainly it is just how I remember at a young age, I've always been someone who gives it all. Like I, I put everything I have into one person and I've also been hurt a gajillion times and younger. When I was younger, I was like, Oh, okay, well maybe I need to, to change how I do things. Like maybe I need to stop investing myself and even the whole, like play it cool. And like, pretend I don't like him kind of thing. And as I've gotten older, it's just like, you have to embrace that's how you are. That's how you date. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and I think the person who's right for you will respond to the way that you love. Yes. Agreed. And like, I, you know, somebody asked me the other week, they're like, who said I love you first between you and Steven? I'm like, I did. Yeah. And, and you know, it took Steven like a couple of months after that to say it back to me, but it didn't bother me. Cause I, when I love somebody, I want them to know how much I love them. I want them to feel it. Feel secure. Here's the advice talking through this. Thank you for allowing me, you know, the time to talk through this. Um, the advice would be when a guy hurts you because he's not responding to your love, getting over it, maybe quicker than I did when I was younger, you know, and yeah. I, it, yeah. I, that's something I have learned throughout the years is like, I, the last boyfriend before Steven, I got over really quick and, and like, and I felt good about that, you know, cause I, I, it's just realizing they don't appreciate the type of love that you're willing to give. And that's their problem. Yeah. 
if you can look at your relationship and say, I gave it everything I had, I went into it with only positive vibes, I treated him well, and it doesn't work out, that's not on you. Yeah. You did what you could. Yeah. Agreed. Bam! I feel like we're best friends. I agree. I agree. Oh, my God. We're like the same person and we look the same. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) People tell me all the time. They're like, you and Olivia look so similar. It's so funny because I posted a photo of you in this Facebook group because I asked for questions. And my mom is part of the Facebook group, obviously. So she texts me and she goes, I've never seen this photo of you. This is a really pretty picture of you. Oh, my God. Your mom? I was like, mom. That's not me. (laughs) true that we both have dimples yep. we have short blonde hair well mine's a little longer now yeah so well I'm trying it's... to grow mine well I'm not trying but I guess I am because I can't get a haircut or a hair right. color so yeah we have similar bone structures yeah. <laughs> big big teeth big smile well I can't wait to come back to New York so I can like maybe walk past you and actually say hi slash we'll be walking together because we're yeah, friends. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Or like, you know, Lexi, right? Lexi Stout. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so she's my best friend and she's always trying to get me to do her share house and, you know, yeah. do, do the whole thing with everyone. So I love Lexi. Yeah. They, um, their house last summer was like right down the street from us. Okay. So, so share your social media and maybe your newsletter, anything you want people to be doing with you during this time? Yeah. Um, my, my social media is just at lens hubs on Instagram. I do most everything on Instagram as most do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, you know, from there, everything is the, in the link in my bio. So, um, you can sign up for my newsletter there. You can email me there. You can buy a Don't activate me <laughs> there. <laughs> That's funny. That's great. Okay, we'll do that. Do the things and yeah, do all the things. Follow Lindsay and 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 then review Olivia's podcast. <laughs> Please, I need those reviews, guys. There was a, actually a big thing on my Facebook page. Everyone, review, rate, do the five stars. But if you don't think it's five stars, I won't judge you. But I think it's five stars. So <laughs> yeah, and then send this the link to this podcast. To five of your friends. <laughs> Literally. Can you be my publicist? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm looking for work right now. Oh, ha- aren't we all? Aren't we all? Well, have fun today doing all the things, whatever you're going to do to pass the time. <laughs> and I can't wait to hang out with you in person. This was so I fun. I know. Me too. Thanks for having of me. Of course. Bye, hon. Bye.